welcome to another episode of the Streaking Lawn Podcast. Zach, hello. Got Zach with me, taking time out of his holiday break <laughs> to talk about the Who's. How was your Christmas? It was great. I was actually uh, back in Charlottesville for a couple of days, um, so that was nice. Visiting some family and you know driving around the old stomping grounds. It's uh, you got to experience the seventy degree holiday yeah. fest. Yeah. Uh, the world is on fire, but we're talking about happy things uh, for this this special final podcast of twenty twenty one. So many things to celebrate. We're going to run down um, some top moments uh, from the weird year of athletics that that has been all of athletics and all of life, but certainly UBA sports as well. And uh, we'll uh, we'll cover a few things about the the basketball team and the football team because, well, I guess the football season is no longer going on since we've got that bowl game uh, canceled, uh, which was a bummer. Uh, Would have been earlier this week, but still the coaching news. Um, Last episode, of course, we talked about Tony Elliott as the new hire, uh, but we could jump right in right now. How about into some some news about? how his staff is fleshing out and so much of what you and Isaac discuss is a lot of this, you know, excitement around the Elliot hire is, is warranted we think, but a lot of question marks are, are, right. are, are answered by who is going to be on the staff. And, and at least we have one big question answered, which is who from the UVA staff is going to stay on Tony Elliott's staff um, and that, of course, if, if you've been following this at all, you know, it's uh, Marcus Hagens, uh, Garrett 2J. Uh, does he even pronounce it 2J? I honestly don't know that. Like, That's... I know they just call him 2J. <laughs> Do you know? I believe, but I could be. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that it's it, it's pronounced 2J. Well, let's go with it. We're going to roll with it. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. And uh, Clint Sentum, uh, another former Wahoo and uh, uh, certainly... Um, highly regarded uh, up and coming assistant coach on the staff on the defense. And uh, you know, one of the funny uh, parts of this announcement of these three guys saying on staff was their responsibilities were yet to be determined, which sort of makes you think like they're weighing some options across the board. So like if this unknown guy comes on, then this guy will slot in here. I mean, obviously TJ is going to coach the offensive line. There's no, I mean, I think there could also be the sort of like, you know, associate head coach or like, you know, there's those sort of like other roles that you can tack on there that are, you know, just, just additional, just just for credibility sake and, and whatnot, and just the prestige of it. And I think they could, yeah, they could move, yeah, they, yeah. Two J would probably be uh, defense. You could put or not defense. Oh, line. Excuse me. Right. You could potentially <laughs> put Hagens at like QBs if you like if you wanted to get. Mm, but I don't think yeah. so. Like I, I don't think that's the direction you want to go. You probably yeah, even wide yeah. receivers. Move the, you know D line linebackers can go back and forth probably. Right. Some of them could fit into right. to either of those. So, right. um, in addition, uh, we had a uh, strength and conditioning. Uh, let, let me try this. Nate Potashnik <laughs> might, might be how you pronounce his name. Anyway, strength and conditioning coach um, who was retained and promoted and joining a strength and conditioning coach uh, from Clemson, who is joining uh, coach Elliott's staff here uh, in Charlottesville. Uh, Adam Smotherman is going to be taking over the head strength and conditioning coach there. So that's what we know so far. And the rest is, 
uh, rumors, some more national uh, discuss. So Adam Rittenberg is ESPN guy uh, tweeted sources. Virginia is targeting Atlanta Falcons running backs coach coach Des Kitchings for offensive coordinator. A deal isn't done as the Falcons are still finishing the season. So that would be an interesting hire. Someone who doesn't really have a UVA connection. So, you know, hasn't been um, in the potential guys that could be brought here because there's, you know, no, nothing connected to connect him to the job. But um, I, I, I don't know how to feel about it other than the Falcons are bad. Cordero Patterson is really good. And yeah. you would talk to, he, he spent a lot of time at NC state and just in talking to fans of that program and that team, um, the response of, you know, what would this guy bring as a coordinator after doing it very minimally at NC state, yeah. uh, although he was an assistant coach there for a long time, being the actual coordinator, the one note uh, to, to go with the fact that the response from those state fans tended to be, eh, probably wasn't great but it wasn't really his fault probably which is yeah. fair um the one note of course is that tony elliott might be calling the plays right that's the key yeah it's sort of like is elliott just bringing in someone to help him or is he bringing in someone to run the offense and obviously mm-hmm. as the offense coordinator clemson he's going to have a significant say in the offense but that's sort of like where the question comes and as he's been known as sort of that good recruiter um if you can, if you're relying on Elliot to be the offensive mastermind and the play caller, then sort of that role of offensive coordinator is much less important, or it's his capability potentially to run an offense mm-hmm. is less important than, you know, it may have, you can rule out some of that, like, yeah. oh, was he so great as an offensive coordinator and a play caller? Well, it would be an interesting shift, of course, if, if it's true, if it does happen, because, you know, Elliot and, and Kitchings, I think both, if you're going to pick one or the other, seem to both lean towards like running game experience right? In, uh, as far as their coaching background and stuff. And UVA didn't really do a whole lot of running the ball <laughs> under Robert yeah. and I. So it would be a, a bit of a transition. Obviously, if you have a strong running game, you can still throw it, for, you know, plenty. Yeah. Um, but I think at the very least, it's, you know, it's not going to be a, uh, the, the type of system we're used to. Right. Maybe that impacts Brennan Armstrong's decision, which we still don't know. It yeah. seems, I, I feel like the tea leaves, uh, you know, social media are telling us Brennan's coming back. Maybe I I'm mean, being weirdly optimistic he's said it like he's come yeah, out exactly. and said it and, yeah. you're, and yet we're all sitting here like oh i think the big thing that we have is beck is gone by so, tea leaves Jason, i mean he freaking said right like he said it after me. the yeah. elliot press conference right. when zero zip nada was announced about assistant right. coaches and he certainly could change his mind still too so. right yeah. so that's that's the question mark but i oh and there's always the nfl draft grade which i think right. reportedly he was gonna like take a look at his grade after the bowl obviously the bowl isn't happening so if he gets something really favorable back from that feedback then okay maybe this is a different conversation but i don't think that's going to be the case um it's weird that he said it and yet it still seems a little bit i think part of it is that like okay the o-line is gone you know like you know the guys people are leaving jumping ship um, you know, Noah Taylor's at UNC, not that that necessarily directly impacts Brennan, but just like the guys that he's come up with are not going to be there. And if you also say Jason Beck is gone and he's gone to an ACC school, like 
not that Brennan's going to go to Syracuse. Brennan's going to go to Syracuse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's just kind of like maybe he's looking around and being like, you know, this, you know, it's a little emptier than it was when yeah. I had told everybody. But, yeah, I mean, I think he's a UVA guy, and I think for one more year he's going to want to stick it out. But Yeah, we won't know officially for, for probably a little while. Um, but if he does come back and you have Wicks coming back, uh, hopefully mm-hmm. a healthy LaBelle Davis, hopefully – um, well, I guess we don't know about Bailey Kemp one way or the other, but right. if he does, and of course, if he comes back from his injury, I mean, that's a, that's a really talented wide receiving core to go with the best quarterback in the conference, um, right. returning, no matter what system they run, they're going to use those guys. Right. Like, right. And they have like, Hagen's like, there is right, some familiarity. Right. Like, it's not like it's a completely new staff. It's right. still 2J who has say in the offense so you know they, right. there, there's reason to believe that they could run it back to a certain extent i'm pretty sure these clemson offenses have been throwing the ball uh with deshaun watson and uh trevor, trevor lawrence, lawrence bit, you know historically yeah. but i mean i you know i guess best case scenario it, it, it will be nice to have a two strength type of approach to an offense and right. the one unifying thing that the three retained guys and Elliot and, and certainly Kitchings, if he, if he is part of it, they're all good to great recruiters. Yeah. Um, you know, that tends to be the common ask of any hire these days on college football. So, so I guess you're not really ever finding names coming across where they're like, mm, not a great recruiter, but they're out there. There are a few of them. Um, right. Anyway, it's nice at least that, uh, that, this is definitely building to to be a staff that, that is going to be able to maybe turn things around in state um, recruiting, maybe put a little more of a foothold um, on the DMV area, including Nova, uh, maybe the 757. Yeah, I, I love this idea of bringing Taj Boyd um, onto staff from Clemson. He's a guy from Tidewater, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Maybe shut up some of this Dre Bly. Uh, Virginia to UNC nonsense that we've been suffering from but even you know no matter where where the recruits are from if you have a coaching staff that's going to be able to recruit well the type of player that they want that's how you build success in college football everybody knows that right so step one build staff that's good at that tends seems to be on its way um and and certainly those three guys retained from UVA uh, all have, like I said, good to great um, reputations for, for being able to do that. So there's your news for football so far. Uh, basketball is in the middle of its season with its, you know, standard holiday break. But college basketball, of course, is being completely thrown into upheaval by COVID. Um, the Who's play Saturday evening. Uh, and are one and one in ACC play, and all they've got left is ACC games. So it's really like put up or shut up now, right? Yeah. Like what we've been talking about for weeks. If they're going to turn it around, at least the ACC play is in front of them. They buzzer beater at home pit, uh, and then got just absolutely embarrassed by Clemson at home. So not a strong start, and everyone knows this, and we've talked at great length about why. But, you know, you have had a holiday break to regroup, assess, a coaching staff can, you know, keep trying new things and maybe figure out now of this first half of the year, what worked, what didn't work, what are we going to go with more substantially? Yeah. You know, I don't want to continue to repeat ourselves over and over everything, but every, every episode, but 
all I can say is you got to find guys who, who can shoot. And those seem to be Igor and potentially Tane. Uh, Reese came on. That was the one highlight was he hit yeah. some shots. So maybe that continues. Kihei is certainly their best shooter and, uh, you know, has really uh, brought that consistently, thankfully, this yeah. year. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think right now they're staring at a three-game road stretch. So they mm-hmm. go to Cuse on Saturday. Following Tuesday, they go to Clemson. So that's going to be a quick, like, turnaround to see, like, has anything changed? And then at UNC. Um, and so I think that if they get out of that, like two and one, if they brought it, yeah, if they get a couple wins out of that, then we're, t- then we're if, cooking, right. You know, then you're like, okay, okay. But ooh. yeah, but even two and one, it's like, you're sitting three and two in the ACC in a bad, I don't know. I just like the, the hopes, my hopes are not high for this team at the moment. I loved what I saw from Reese in that game. That was like, that was maybe the best offense, probably the best offensive showing of his career. I assume that was his career yeah. high. Um, and uh, yeah, he had that one sort of like late three that seemed kind of lucky, but he was in attack mode. He, and I know this is going to come off weird. Like he only had one assist and I almost kind of like that. He only had one turnover <laughs> because he's way too often. He sort of like makes a move. And then before he can do anything with the space that he creates, he's dishing the ball. And I think that that's great in an offense when you have Hauser, Murphy, Huff on the outside. But with this offense, it's kind of like any space, any separation you can generate needs to be taken advantage of, and it can't just be dished out. Um, So it was good to see him, you know, actually taking shots. He was seven for 10, three for five from deep, 38 minutes. That's what you need from him. And then you actually need production from other people. I mean, yeah. Armand continues to be worse than Casey Morsell shooting the ball, which yeah. is just atrocious. Um, yeah. Gardner was weirdly off against Clemson. And after the bench, like put on a little show against late in the game against Farley Dickinson had, I think zero points against Clemson. So it's just yeah. against real competition. This team has showed well, not much against we, other yeah. than Providence. What we were saying was, um, well, yeah, the Providence win does look good. Um, you know, we were saying about uh, coming into ACC play that it's going to get tough on Gardner. Has has been it was not just the ACC games, but also the JMU game. Yeah, they're just double Gardner, and then everything right. falls apart. Or, right. That's the most obvious thing in the world to do. <laughs> you know? right. No, Virginia, it's easy. Virginia's been doing that to teams for for fifteen years now, right? right. Like, um, so everybody knows what, what you got to help them. And, and I think Gardner is a good player, but I don't think either of us expected him to be a take the game over single-handedly kind of right. player. Right. Um, and, and he's not, and that's fine. It just isn't getting any help. And so then they get so rustled. I mean, that that's the most disappointing thing, especially from the Clemson game was they looked panicked they looked mentally not there they were you know airballing their wide open attempts yeah um when they missed a good shot you know just because you you hit the rim a little bit like you know they they look deflated and um teams go through that you know and, and players go through that obviously all the time but winning teams trying to rebound in a in a up and down year 
you can't have that. And it's, it's sort of a shame to see from a Tony Bennett team, you know, he's such a good coach. It, I think the, the other, other than just like deflating because the ball won't go in, you see that hesitancy to take those looks which you know they're not coaching them to, you know, right. don't shoot it. Obviously, they're not doing that. But that is something we've seen in the Bennett uh, tenure here over and over and over and over. This guy's getting a rut and then sort of scared to shoot themselves out of the rut. Right. It's uh, put on whatever you want. I'm not in these practices, but you can't deny that that's something we've been talking about the entire career uh, that Tony's had here is, gosh, they look hesitant. Um, and I think it's that balance of what he's, you know, preaching and coaching of, of taking the great shot over a good shot. You can interpret that in a destructive way, you know? And, yeah. and so like you find, you find the, the better teams find the good way to do that. Um, and, and then the teams that go through these, these ruts, although it seems like every year the, the team's capable of going through eight minute, nine minute scoring droughts this year has been even more remarkably, uh, sad yeah. <laughs> in, and the, I think in producing those scoring droughts. Yeah. To, to a certain extent, it's also just like, they like, okay, we know who the five starters are. I could not tell you what the rotation is. Yeah. Like just the, the rotation has been all and, and and that's fine like the, it is when you're winning games right. like there's been experimentation and i'm not faulting the coaching staff and i'm not necessarily faulting the players it's just sort of the situation that the team is in where it, it's not like they have a sixth man that you can kind of plug in and be like okay we're going to run this lineup this small right. ball lineup for a little while they don't know what that is and obviously deandre hunter's deandre hunter but i mean in, in that 2017 2018 year what they figured out by ACC play or middle, you know, middle early ACC play was that you plug DeAndre Hunter in at the four and you play him with Isaiah Wilkins at the five. And that lineup was incredibly effective right. um, and was sort of their closing lineup all season. And I'm not saying that they are, you know, should try and find DeAndre Hunter because they're not, but <laughs> they're just, the, 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 the rotation has not been figured out. And maybe that's just because this team is not very good well because nothing's worked yet right, right. just nothing's like, worked yeah. yet and i think that right so nothing has worked yet and so for that reason it's just like it feels like they've tried everything yeah. it seemed and, like the answer was murray yes it seemed like yeah no you're, at, you're right at some points yeah um, like but, iowa game right yeah. right and, and and you know we've seen him come in and not be effective since right. then too. So, right. you know, it's not like they're ignoring Murray, right. But I don't know, at this point, it does seem like you gotta, you, you just play him and see how it goes, you know, right. and, and let right. that be your rotation. So maybe we'll see some answers in the, in this road stretch of, of what is the rotation turning into, um, you know, all's not lost obviously, but I, I think our expectations have maybe shifted to, I don't know. Let's try and get to finishing above 500 in the ACC and deal with whatever that leads to from there. It's a huge ass. I'm not right. saying they're going to finish above right. 500 in the ACC, but the conference is down. You know, this isn't, know, yeah, this, isn't know this is a Tony Bennett coach team, so they have a chance to do that. So I don't know. That's sort of where I'm scaling my, my expectations to. And um, that's yeah, how I it mean, goes sometimes when you, we can put it all on trade trade leaving early right like if yeah the thing is it feels like they could be a piece away like if you had if you had your batman <laughs> yeah Trey i mean here, yeah the, the question Carter is robin you know yeah the, i mean the only question is just like if then you just get into like a you know 
roster construction question. If of Trey, if Trey comes, does Gardner come? Does Frank? Of course, yeah, probably one of. But yeah, I don't know. I the the yeah, it's just tough. I mean, it's weird when you like if you really think about it, and that because of partially because of COVID or whatnot, Trey got the waiver. Like you know, he he got the waiver because he realized that he could yeah, play he, with that he group potentially wasn't even going to get right if he year, hadn't right? even played if he hadn't gotten the waiver then you're talking about like you know anyway something completely yeah. different but um, in a bizarro universe uh, yeah and that's i mean that's the nature of college basketball for sure for yeah. sure well we'll see let's uh let's jump into our our end of the year celebration of uh 2021 um you know it's it's been a it's been a whirlwind. Think back to January 2021. I don't. Um, I can't mentally comprehend any ask along those lines. Um, and I think we're all sort of going through the fact that it's it's it still feels like March of 2020 <laughs> in a lot yeah. of ways. It felt but, like it uh, wasn't for a little while, and now it is. Right, right, true, true. Yeah. <laughs> so um, like, we're just gonna ping pong off each other some some highlights. Like, have a good time just sort of running through hopefully uh you guys listen and enjoy going oh yeah about a lot of the stuff that maybe seems like a lot longer than a year ago but all of this yeah. was 2021 virginia sports highlights oh gosh um zach i'm gonna let you go first so that i don't steal your with this isn't ranked yeah you know yeah. we're not we're not putting a countdown here but i don't want to take your favorite one if, yeah if you have one um, no i, I, I think... can't pick a favorite I, I definitely do, and it's probably more personal preference than anything, but uh, men's across is national championship. <laughs> See, I was, I was going to go with that, yeah. and I thought, you know, I bet that's yeah. Well. yeah, I mean, if Caroline was here, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that was awesome because, you know, I, I've been a UVA lacrosse fan my whole life, but it was – I would so I was there for that game. That game was ridiculously good just yep. from an entertainment standpoint. Um, Connor Schellenberger is someone that I've known a little bit throughout the years, and to see him – go off like he did in that tournament and just like the potential that he has at UVA mm -hmm. is just insane to consider. Um, and it's pretty awesome to see what that program has done. Like underratedly. So Lars Tiffany is probably one of the best hires in college sports period in the last, what is it like five, six years now? Mm -hmm. I mean, just because in his third year, he won a national championship COVID then in his fourth year one another and it's just like that does not happen you don't turn around like a 500 team that the darn stars you had yeah obviously it, well it, to be fair if you're gonna be fair. find one to turn around a perennial contender no, like UVA yeah i mean he yeah. had like top recruits right, that just right. hadn't been performing um so it's but but what tiffany's done there's been awesome um that run that they made it was funny i didn't go down for the semi or drive up to connecticut for the semifinals because it was mm -hmm. against unc and we were like I'm not going to be UNC, right? Um, but anyway, and, and it seemed like Maryland was unbeatable. I can go on and on. But that yeah, was an yeah. awesome game and um, a bright spot for for UVA. For sure, yeah. And to I mean to to rehash a little bit of it, they had played UNC in the regular season, yes. lost by three. They played them 
uh, in the ACC tournament, beat them by two. So sort of this rubber match, national semifinal, all the chatter, as you're going to see again this spring, is that UNC has has come into this cream of the crop in the ACC and nationally, despite the who's winning, you know, the last two national titles. Um, But, uh, you know, Virginia uh, takes it down to the wire, 12-11 win. Then we get to play Maryland, the the real perennial rival you know uh, right. at least historically the, be- the best player in college uh, the best across. player in the country and, yeah they they jump on them you know they like right. we're having fun right like the who's are just roaring through goals and then of course because it had to be like this uh virginia lets the lead get chipped at you know the maryland right. maryland starts to come around it had to happen Coming all the way down to an open look on the goalie as time is expiring, and he shoots it into his chest. Right. <laughs> it, like, it wasn't even like a, a good moment. It wasn't even like a clutch save. No. I mean, I mean he was in the right spot. You know, right. he was he doing the right thing. Yeah, Alex Rode. Um, yeah. Rode, I mean, a huge MVP. You could go through all the obvious stars on this team over and over and over. But uh, yeah, um, it's it's just such a fun program i mean and and it obviously is. successful one so a great way to kick off our uh our, our rehashing of of the the sports here i'm gonna keep it uh outside of the uh what what do we call them these days the money making sports and and yeah i i, I hope uh, i hope these these wahoos are making money as well as as you're allowed to do so these days but i'm gonna kick it to the uva women's swimmers um, another national title brought to Charlottesville by uh, the, the women's swimming and diving team, but also some gold medals. So I'm going to combine that um, because it's the same team, it's just individuals from that team uh, in the Olympics this year in 2021 in a weird COVID delayed Olympics brought back four uh, medals, I believe, uh, which is, you know, some of the gold, let's see here, uh, Alex Walsh, Paige Madden, uh, Emma Wyant, who's an incoming first year, and Kate Douglas. Uh, so Emma Wyant, not on the team that won the NCAA title, but she'll be on the next one. And uh, <laughs> these other three who's bringing home some Olympic uh, trophies to add to our NCAA title collection here in town. Uh, what I mean, I had so much fun watching them in the Olympics. I know we all did, but just, right. uh, you know, I, I, I tune in when I can to these NCAA streams, like when, when you can find them uh, when they're competing. Uh, it has nothing, of course, on Olympic swimming coverage. So that'll be more memorable to me for sure, is watching the whole country watch um, some Wahoos yeah. uh, win on the top stage there is in their sport. So pretty awesome pretty long ago way back august yeah July. yeah but uh wahoo internationally there all right your turn yeah so i'm i'm gonna go back to last basketball season um right. and specifically sort of a two-game stretch first of all at louisville i believe it was the last game of the season um when sam hauser kind of went off and, and sort of a like almost yeah. a last ditch plug for like ACC player of the year. I think he had like 24 points, um, but, but seemed to have just hit mid range after mid range after mid range, like step back floaters. He was just absolutely in his bag, clinched the ACC regular season title um, for us. And then the very next game, Reese Beekman hitting a um, buzzer beater three pointer against Syracuse um, to so advance fun. to the, 
ACC semifinals that never got played, but ignoring that, those two games and were the, the season thrilling. ended. Uh, right. <laughs> right. So that was great. Um, no, know, I mean, the, the closing of that, that year, I, I mean, obviously the tournament game was disappointment, but the yeah. home stretch there was so fun. Right. Uh, despite having no crowds. Yeah. You no, know, just the, the blessing that we had to be able to watch college basketball right. during the pandemic back then was, was, um, really valuable yeah. no, and <laughs> know, I think, to me as a sports yeah. fan and and looking at this basketball team and comparing it to last seasons and just it just sort of like there were just a lot of fun players on that team even if they weren't national contenders um and I think that minus if you take what happened with COVID out of it they're probably getting farther in you know the NCAA tournament and we're looking back on that season much uh, happier um mm. you know with the potential ACC championship you know I mean with Georgia Tech who we beat twice winning it you know there's just there's so many what ifs but there was a good stretch at the end there was a good stretch at the start of ACC play where we won a bunch of games in a row Um, and so I think that team was a bright spot if anything else just as a break from the monotony of not having sports yeah yeah well said Um, but you know buzzer beating Syracuse and in a micro level too always always a treat absolutely Um, you know, brief shout out, uh, just cause we like to celebrate championships here, uh, looking over, um, those, you know, the ones we noted, obviously the two national tiles for lacrosse and, and women's swimming, uh, women's rowing brought home yet another ACC title for their billionth in a row. <laughs> but I, w- I want to also give a, a brief shout out to the men's tennis team sort of regrouping back to, you know, being the top team in the conference and one of the better ones in the country. Obviously we got used to some national titles and domination in the conference under previous coach Boland, but um, they hadn't won the ACC since 2017 and then came yeah. back to do that in 2021. So that was obviously great to see there. Um, why don't we let's let's you know what a weird football season yeah. it was in 2021 we have talked so much about it it's <laughs> probably more fresh in your mind than anything else we're talking about if you're listening but remember that illinois game 42 to 14 way back uh in september what a fun game where we were like okay we beat william and mary thing you know we look like a team we have we have hopes for this season we're not quite sure um, you know, Big Ten team, maybe not the world's best Big Ten team, obviously, but coming it's a Big Ten, Ten team. And Virginia just just embarrassed them. I mean, like yeah. Illinois didn't look like it knew what sport was going on against yeah. the Hoos. Uh, we had some more Dontavian Wicks coming out party as a star yeah. for the team in that game. So, you know, I just want to rehash that that one of those bright spots. Of course, there were some others. You know, Zach, you want to throw out a bright one from football? Yeah, I was going to throw out the Louisville. Uh, comeback yeah, win 34 yeah. 33 I mean there were some not so great moments in that game but I think that was sort of the like mid middle of the season like oh man are we are we figuring it out you know we won those four straight games blank to Duke 48 48 zero rather um, you know there were some happy times and and you know <laughs> Brennan Armstrong against Louisville 40 for 60 487 yeah. yards three touchdowns two picks but three touch I mean you know, th- there were some beautiful moments and, and just the offense in general, like that was just fun. Like even in the wall, yeah. I mean, like even against UNC, I mean, that was an ugly score, 59 Oof. to 39, but Brennan Armstrong, 554 yards. It was yards, a fun offensive touchdowns. performance. Right. Yeah. It was a fun first half, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, there were some, it, it was at least enjoyable. It's the holiday season. season. We celebrate right. the highs, but right. we also, you know, you think about those, those no. times you miss. You don't think about throwing yeah, the ball to left tackles or anything. <laughs> Left tackles to her. <laughs> that watching watching Maryland like just dominate <laughs> the Hokies was sort of fun. I didn't I didn't watch the game. I, just I don't like Maryland. Followed the score because yeah. I wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I hate Maryland. <laughs> as I well discussed, we 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 both line up well there, right? <laughs> Obviously, it's fun that the Hokies got totally destroyed, but it just re infuriated me maryland is not good because <laughs> like like, i have watched maryland play how they did virginia lose to this garbage tech team they're so bad and they were before coming into the uva game and we knew they were going to beat virginia and this is not because they I were just, better because they weren't better and everyone knew it but because we're just incapable Without Bryce like, Perkins. If Robert and I had like left town a week earlier, we probably yeah. win that game. And none of this was on Armstrong. I didn't mean the Bryce Perkins thing is saying, you know. Yeah. Other it was than, just so yeah. Whatever. We're oh, to be happy. 2021. Some highs, <laughs> some lows. Uh, we don't really need to rehash any other lows that we know what yeah. those are. I do want to talk. Uh, the women's soccer team actually played two 2021 seasons. Yeah. <laughs> thanks Which to, is very thanks confusing for my brain. <laughs> right. Now. You can think back uh, way, way back in 2021. They actually they made it to the final four, I believe. Um, and lost uh, to FSU, who has become the dominant football program in the country, uh, which is sort of annoying because Virginia has to play them a lot because Virginia is also very good. Um, This 2021 second season, more real season, um, they didn't make it all the way to the Final Four. They lost a a grueling game against BYU of all teams um, here in Charleston in the Sweet 16, but they had – uh, just a, a really you know dominant run uh, ACC regular season. They they didn't lose. Um, they had yeah. a really f- sort of fun, sort of frustrating, just sort of like a whoa kind of uh, final se- uh, regular season finale. It was a double overtime tie at FSU. So it t- you know a game that Virginia. I remember you know, it seemed like Virginia could could win that, but sort of a fun, stressful type of. You know, yeah. just why you watch soccer type of game, right? Um, despite uh, not having the the perfect result there, um, so just a you know a, an impressive run in both 2021 seasons for the women, the men not as impressive. There's some highs there, but um, we're sort of waiting for the the Virginia men's soccer program to to come back. They're not that far off from winning another title, right? Like that could happen a lot. Um, so we'll see. Um. You know, additionally, before we, you know, log off, I, you know, college baseball, you, you really oh, yeah. get into the World Series. I, was, I mean, I was that was it. a magical, magical run. Um, the Devin Ortiz, yeah. you know, walk off, I believe. Um, oh, yeah. The, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, especially after losing early in the in the regional, like you mm-hmm. don't come back from that. Mm-hmm. You know, like that. that's sort of doomsday. Um, and you had guys like, you know, Alex Tappen stepping up and um, – yeah, I mean that that it felt they were there were vibes like back in 2015. Like there was yeah. absolutely that sort of oh, feeling. Yeah. And even though they didn't, you know, make it to the finals, but um it was still fun. And it, and it was, it was still like time. People were was, getting it, vaccinated, the, right, the sun right. was coming out, yeah. the summer I was graduating of, high school. Of feel, great. God. <laughs> <laughs> the summer of feeling like life was returning to happiness yeah. was upon us and the and the 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 wah 
who what is it the omahus were uh yeah. made another return to and it was nebraska it was good to see for that program because it'd been a little while mm-hmm. it, it, it'd mm-hmm. been a little even obviously from the world series but also just since we really felt like we were on that national stage um so that was that was nice to see yeah. and they have guys they have some guys coming back so. oh for sure for sure they made um the most memed collegiate baseball yes. player in recent memory. Shock. absolutely uh, Shout out to our, our favorite relief pitcher, um, Stephen Shock, who, uh, you know, uh, these transfers, man, they can come in and make a huge impact. <laughs> and he's UMBC. the dipping dots. Yeah. Coming from UMBC, you owed us a favor. So um, yeah, pretty, pretty good uh, re- response uh, in, in that rivalry <laughs> to, have, to have a guy comes in as, as an immediate meme before the dipping dots. I mean, he just, yeah. He just looked like someone you wanted to talk about and share like Virginia's got exactly what you want in a relief pitcher in college baseball. Like that. Exactly. Yeah, it was just yeah. awesome. Yeah. So. I mean, like being afraid of caves, you can't, <laughs> like, you can't. Uh, yeah. They did run of course into that uh, Mississippi state buzz, uh, but uh, you know, they can't all be national titles and they can right. still be celebrations even, yeah. even if it doesn't culminate in the final national. And title. now, and now Virginia tech is one of only two pro- programs to not have right. a national championship. Right. Right. So that's a win. Yeah. That's still a loss for them, which is still a perennial right. loss win for us. Yes. <laughs> um yeah i mean we've run through a lot i'm sure we're forgetting some i feel like uh i feel like volleyball had some good moments i think softball you you started to see um some wins for a new coaching staff which is not a a familiar news right (laughs) for that program so a new facility of course for softball looks real sharp everybody who's been to the jpj is uh you know parked across the street from it and seeing it um things are looking uh, really nice over there in North Grounds, and uh, I guess uh, that that should continue. So, uh, hinting at give your money to uh, <laughs> building Tony Elliott uh, more facilities here to to help yeah. that recruiting come around. But that's more to talk about uh, in the New Year, Zach. Um, it's been a pleasure suffering through 2021 with you, my friend, <laughs> <laughs> and and for you all listening, uh, we'll be back, uh, you know, hopefully next week um, when, when basketball kicks back up. So thanks for spending 2021 listening to us and engaging with us. We always appreciate the engagement for sure. So uh, have a good rest of your holidays out there, dear listeners. Stay tuned to streakingalon.com uh, as this coaching news continues to grow. And of course, the basketball team's back in action on Saturday. So happy new year. Wahoo, wah, go hoos. <laughs>